The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulturist Phil Wait, Welcome back. Welcome, period. Glad you're here this morning. We're going to be talking about gardening and all things gardening, pretty much only things gardening, because that's what this Gestalt Gardening program is about. Me and Java and all the other folks here at MPB, we're going to be having a good time just laughing and talking. So uh, if you could interrupt our, our jubilee... <laughs> And with your misery, <laughs> I know I know some of your tomatoes are wilting. I know you got chinch bugs in your grass. I know that you know you're out there. The, the squash flowers are falling off I, I, because it's happening to me too. But you know we're going to be doing the best we can to try to figure stuff out, fix it the best we can, and learn how to just flow with the rest of it. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Before we go to any calls, I want to give a shout out to. Fulton, Mississippi, Itawamba County. You did it, man. You did it. That's right. You know, over the past 40 years, I started with extension service in 1980. That's 42 years ago. Four well, years before I was born. <laughs> That's right. I, I was BSing before you were born, John. <laughs> anyway, this is the I've lectured in, in uh, 40 42 states. Uh, I've lectured in. 81 counties, and as of this past Tuesday and Wednesday, all 82 counties. I had a great time in Itawamba County. There you go. Yeah, we were at the library there in Fulton. It was packed Tuesday night. It was packed Wednesday morning. And uh, and people were coming in and asking about you. Uh, one guy named Chico. Oh, we know Chico. Chico, yeah. he, he calls pr- pretty regularly. He brought a, uh, a handmade sign that said Felder 40. No, the F- Felder 82. There you in go. In Fulton. Appreciate that. But one last thing. Uh, Sarah Skelton made, she's from the Eggville community. Shout out to the Eggville community. Okay. She made a t shirt. <laughs> it, it's got bees on it, it's got grass and all, and it's got great big letters that says Mo High. We have become. Uh, what a a brand! That's your, yeah. That's your, that's one of your one of your many slogans, yeah. uh, catchphrases. Yeah, yeah, that's a brand, man. Mohai and uh, let's get dirty. Let's go. It got to be another one. Got to be another one. Anyway, I really appreciate it, Sarah. It's a wonderful T-shirt, and we're going to post a picture of it uh, on our podcast this yes, week. Sir. I just yes, I just sent it to you. Anyway, Java. I need to calm down, man. You coming off a high, man? You you accomplished a, a goal. <laughs> it was it was it was fun. And it sounds it, it fun. sounds like it was rocking and rolling. It was fun. Uh, I went around, uh, stole some flowers out of people's yards to talk about and that kind of stuff. That's one of my other brands too. I always work something <laughs> in. So anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's uh, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. And I see Francis from Natchez. Hey, Francis. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? 
uh, thanks for having me on again. Sure. Uh, I got a question and a comment. Okay, keep the comment uh, clean. Yeah, it's clean. Okay. But uh, question, uh, I've got azalea bushes in my yard, and when is the best time I got one that I want to relocate, relocate to another part of my yard? When is the best time? To dig them up and relocate them. Well, rather than the, you can do it any time you get around to it. The worst time is right now because you know plants need all the roots they can get. It's about to get hot and dry, and those leaves are sucking on those roots, trying to stay alive. And when you dig a plant, you leave the the fingertips of the roots behind. So the best time would be sometime in the late fall or the winter time when the trees when the, when the plants aren't moving. That's ideal. I've moved stuff in the wrong season. Sometimes it made it. So I'm not saying you can't, but uh, I would, you know, what what you might want to do this year is take a shovel, and if you th- know about how big a root ball you're going to move, uh, let's say you're going to dig a a, a a root ball two feet across. Well, go around and make four cuts, north, south, east, and west, that far out. In other words, cut half the roots this year. Uh, now, it's not enough to, to kill the plant, but it'll make those roots start bunching out, so it'll have a whole lot more roots to move. Sort of like pr- well, it's pruning roots, just like pruning a shrub. So make a, a couple of cuts, maybe three cuts, maybe four cuts, but don't dig it up and uh, get it ready to be moved. Gotcha. Now, my, my comment is uh, a cousin of mine told me uh, I got uh, gardenia bushes all over my place. Mm-hmm. That uh, you could eat the petals of the flower of the gardenia. Did you know that? I did not. I, I'm not I surprised. Know, I'm not surprised. Good. Well, oh, you you tasted one. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, you know, I'm gonna get on it because I've 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 talked a lot about edible flowers. Never really thought about that. So interesting. We'll we'll find out for sure. But you're saying that you did it and you're still with us. <laughs> okay. Now, now do 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 us both a fa- no. Do me a favor, but don't do yourself a favor. Go out of your garden with a piece of paper in your hand and hold it right under flower and thump the flower really hard on the piece of paper three or four times, and then look real close at the piece of paper, and you'll see what else you're eating. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, you know. My my vegan friends might not appreciate me saying this, but there's meat in those flowers. They're they're called thrips. This is what makes the white flowers turn yellow. Tiny little cigar shaped things, and they're okay. They're okay. But if you're a vegan, don't be eating your gardenias. Gotcha. Thanks, <laughs> appreciate your call, man. Thank you. Uh, we we went to a restaurant in Memphis a couple of weeks ago. Some vegan friends of ours, and they ordered uh, bacon and eggs and all that kind of stuff. And it looked like bacon. I'm thinking, if you don't want to eat bacon, why you make it look like bacon? You call it bacon. Come up with your own words. That's true. That's the thing <laughs> I, mean, I saw. I, with... I, I got no problems with it. But come on, let's stop fooling ourselves. That's it something ain't bacon. on social media where a lady made vegan chicken wings to look like chicken wings. Like what? Are you, what's, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you know? You do you do the uh, cauliflower wings? Yeah, but I don't call them buffalo. <laughs> I don't. I don't call them buffalo chicken wings. I call them cauliflower wings. <laughs> <laughs> Cauliflower's got wings. Anyway, let's let's go up to Tupelo and talk to to, to Clay. Hey, Clay, how are you? Good, better. Thank you for taking my call. You um, bet. I was just. We bought a property. Years ago, just 15 acres and kind of develop it into like the permaculture type stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. We have a lot of livestock and gardens and stuff. And I planted around three years ago, I planted about 15 fruit trees. 
So it'd be pear and apple and um, plum, pretty much. You got the right right kind for North Mississippi? Yes, sir. Yes, good, good. I researched it when I did it, and that was what they told me. Uh, persimmons and fig trees. That's yeah. Um, what I was wondering, I just I've been reading this guy. He calls it the stun method. I, I think it's just something he came up with called sheer total utter neglect. Yeah, yeah. And he just plants trees and lets them go, and that's kind of how I remember my granddaddy doing it. And, and I was just wondering if you just plant the fruit trees and never prune them and stuff like that, you know, just have them all out. They're growing really good and stuff. But well, the the, the how uh, that would work. The problem is, it's like it's like your facial hair. You know, you could just let it go too, but you're gonna end up with cooties uh-huh. in it if you don't do something to it. Okay, so pruning fruit trees. Uh, this is horticulture. By the way, this goes back thousands of years that people have been pruning fruit trees. I mean, they have pictures of Egyptians pruning fruit trees. So, you know, well, not pictures. They got hieroglyphics or whatever. But it's really important for a couple of reasons. One is it makes the, the, the plants branch out closer to the ground. So not only do the trees open, get better uh, uh, air circulation, you have more twigs with more fruit and you can reach it. Instead of stuff way up at the top, it also keeps the plants healthier because instead of spending a lot of energy on a lot of top growth, it puts his energy into fewer branches means more energy is going to go to the, to the fruit. So it is, I think, if nothing else, Clay, when you first set a fruit tree out, if nothing else, the day you put it out, cut it back to about knee or thigh high. If you just do that, it's going to make it branch out close to the ground. It's going to be sturdier, healthier. You're going to be able to, to, to reach the fruit a whole lot better. But as far as just walking away from it, you can do that. But all you're doing is you're, you're limiting yourself, you know. Right. And uh, sort of like, you know, kids, it's great to have kids, but you got to teach them to stay out of the road. You know, right. Same with fruit trees, you, you know, you got to keep them. You don't have to. You know, what he's doing, he's saying – He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm just, I don't know what to do. I'm just not going to do anything. You know, we know that pruning the fruit trees, at least the, the year you set them out, and maybe thinning out the clutter the second year, that starts them all strong and sturdy and wide and uh, more fruit quicker in the, in the life of the, of the tree. Okay, so then three years after not doing that, so I want to start that. What would be the best time to start that? Yes, it's it's not going to be good, you know. If you if you imagine <clears throat> imagine you're holding a, 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 a an apple in your hand with your fingers all the way around it, with the apple pointing towards the sky, and then take mm-hmm. the apple out, your hand is sort of spread out, your fingers like that. That's what commercial fruit trees look like because they cut the middle of it out first. So if you can, if you got some good sturdy side branches, uh, and c- you can cut out some of the tall clutter in the middle of it. But um, and, and I think three years you can still get away with doing that. Main thing is is uh, make it where you have limbs growing out and up instead of the tree growing straight up. What what this guy saying? He said he wants fruit trees. I'm assuming you want tree fruit, and so at yeah. least at least cut middle out. And by the way, try some of the Japanese persimmons if you get a chance. They are terrific producers. Is that the one? you? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's a really, that's, really good I'll one. Plant one of those. Yeah. Good. Um, and time of year on that pruning? Well, you you know, if you're just thinning a few things out here and there, you know, you can do that anytime you get around to it. It's easier on you, and you can see better what you're doing in the winter time. But uh, you know, if you'll go out there and cut out uh, some of the cluttered tall stuff in the middle of the trees, you can do that now. If you get out there in the morning before it gets too hot. Okay. On the production second year, they produce fruit. This year, they don't seem to be doing anything. Was that 
would that be like from a late freeze that we got hard could, freeze could, could very well be you know everything depends not just the type of fruit but also the varieties you know variety of the fruit trees tell time by the amount of cold they get in the winter time and some don't need much at all and they do best on the coast but if you plant those up in north they're going to bloom in the middle of the winter see so fr- uh, chilling hours is real important all right well, i appreciate it Sheldon. well i want to ask you something what do you do about yep. deer uh, we don't have them. We just, uh, <laughs> not not where I, we have them all around, but they, they don't, we have two livestock guardian dogs that bark all night. Oh, well, that 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 helps because otherwise uh, I could hear the birds in the background. And, you know, if you say I don't have a problem with deer, you can if you open your window further, you'll hear people all over the south laughing about that. It's just a matter well, our of time. Dogs, <laughs> our dogs are trained to protect the goats, and so anything that comes on the property, they they're pretty vocal about. Cool. Go scratch them in the ears for me. <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Yeah, just walking away from it, planting it, walking away from it. That's a sounds fun, but that, that ain't the way it works. That's not going to get you what you want. Yeah. Hey, let's let's slide down to Lauderdale County to Meridian. Good morning, Aaron. How are you this morning? I'm doing good, Felder. How you doing, man? So far, so good. I hadn't gotten in trouble that I know of. Well, good deal. If so, you'll get a letter later on. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. What you got going on? What's up? I've got uh, in my yard, uh, it used to be an old cutover, and they replanted, and this has been years ago, they replanted the pine trees, and then we got pine beetles. And it wiped out uh, the border of our yard just to the old cutover. Yeah. Um, and it looks it looks terrible. Um, it, they kind of stopped. We, we cut down the trees that were, you know, I guess infested with the pine beetles. And right. I guess more or less it stopped them, but... It now looks like a war zone. Yeah. Uh, and I have thought about putting up a, a fence, you know, to kind of just border the, the yard from the, the ugly cutover. But the way, the way wood is, that's going to be pretty expensive. Yeah. And a friend of mine, years ago, he put up, uh, he lives on a dirt road, and every time he lives in a curve, and every time somebody would come around that curve, it'd kick up dust, you know, all over the place. Right. So he put up bamboo, and it didn't overtake his yard. It didn't, you know, it stayed pretty much where he planted it and i mentioned that the other day to uh, my brother who's a i guess an arborist he cuts down trees and he looked at me like i said i was going to put rattlesnake pits to border my yard but <laughs> man that's a terrible idea and, and i've seen several people do it and i've even seen videos on youtube of you know uh, them putting it up but i didn't know if there was a certain type of bamboo or if that was just and, and somebody mentioned the possibility of it not being legal. He said, you need to check on the legality of that. So okay, I'm yeah. going to get your input on that. Okay. For, first of all, it's not illegal to plant bamboo. You know, it's okay. just not, you know, it's, it's just like it's not illegal to cut down a magnolia tree. People worry about that. Uh, matter of fact, well, I was um, down in, in uh, South Alabama, and I was looking at some gardens, and this lady came out and caught me looking at her yard, and she said that she had to cut down a magnolia tree, and everybody said, you can't do that. It's not illegal. But uh, here, here's the deal. There's, there's uh, two main kinds of bamboo. There's clump-forming kind, and there's the, what they call the running kind. that sends out runners and, and uh, makes just a wall of vegetation. The running kind right. is the one that's going to give you the screen. If you've got the room and it's your property, you can go for it. But just understand that after it gets established and starts doing exactly what you want, it's going to say, uh, see that house over there? I'm going to eat that. Okay. So as long as you okay. can mow or if you'll put a little ditch, you know, over the years just between it and where you don't want it, just put a little shallow ditch, uh, then it's not going to cross that ditch, at least not in our lifetime. So. Okay. But now, how, how, how big should that ditch be? 
Well, it's a concept more than a recipe. They, they don't, they don't, you know, they send these these uh, their rhizomes. It's like a root, but it's right under the ground, and uh, you know they're they're pretty shallow, and okay. you're just trying to keep them on one side of something or the other. Well, let me throw this out. Meanwhile, it's going to take a while. You plant this stuff, and it's it's going to be a while before it gets thick enough to 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 really help much. If you were shading your eyes from the sun, you would use just one hand, and you'd move it around to where it's just right between you and the sun. Well, you can put a small fence between you and that, it, 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 but it doesn't have to go all the way to the ground like a fence. Imagine a fence that starts about three or four feet off the ground and only goes up five or six or seven feet, just uh, like a miniature billboard. Okay. Okay, these are called baffles. You can do it with wood. Uh, you can put three inches of, of space between the boards if you want to. All you're trying to do is just sort of put something in the foreground that's like your 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 hand shading your eyes from the sun. Right. And you could put that fairly close to the house and takes that entire view away. You could put two or three of them at different spots, you know, just move them around. Like if you had three hands and we had three suns, you'd know what to do with them. Right. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and you, can, you can use lattice and you can grow a vine on it. You can put birdhouses on the post, whatever. But just put something out there. It's called a baffle, like a miniature bu- uh, billboard, paint it, plant a vine on it, and you're not even going to worry about all that other stuff. I have not even thought about that. Okay. Sounds good then. And just put like a, a friend of mine has a, uh, I guess it's a vining rose bush, but it looks like a vine, but it's a rose bush. Yeah. You put on a picket fence and it runs all the way across. It looks great. You could do that. You could do gourds. You know, you could do all, almost anything, you know, but the, but the idea is it's just sections of a miniature fence, the top half of a fence stuck here and okay. there. Does that make sense? All right, ma'am. Yeah, it does. I appreciate it. All righty. Hey, send me a picture of it and, and paint it and put a birdhouse to send me a picture of it. Will do. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Appreciate it. And uh, by, by the way, Java, uh, years ago, when I first started going to England, we lived on a farm that had everything. They had a, an ancient orchard with apples and pears and all like that, and the owners let goats loose in it. And we went out one morning, the goats were standing in the trees, eating the trees. So this guy who called earlier said he's got goats and a dog, you know, a couple of dogs and goats and fruit trees. You know, choose two of those three because the three of them ain't going to get along. Goats will eat. Goats, uh, let me back it up. Let me be positive. Yes, don't worry about pruning your fruit trees. Just put the goats in with them. They're going. <laughs> I've seen pictures. We're going to take a quick break, folks. Horticulture's fellow Russian Java Chapman here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The lines are wide open. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Okay, you know, folks, horticulture's fell to rush you. We're going to be talking about gardening. If you got something on your mind, it's toll-free, one 877 MPB ring, and I uh, got the lines wide open, so there's a good chance to yak about stuff. Uh, Java, you, you, you know, somebody, somebody Francis made a, from Natchez. Yeah, but but somebody uh, when I was in Fulton, they said they noticed how uh, as soon as somebody asks a question, 
you come in with some interesting facts about it. I'm thinking because he reads. Oh. You know, you look stuff <laughs> yeah. up, and while, while this, the Francis from Natchez wanted to know about eating gardenias, and you came up with the recipe. Yeah, I just typed in uh, gardenia petals, you know, edible, and I found this recipe. Um, I give the website cookinglight.com, which is all about, um, you know, cooking, uh, cooking well, you know, cooking for health and uh-huh. stuff like that. And it said gardenia uh, petals are um, fine to be eaten raw by themselves. You do want to be um, careful about where you get them from. They should be, of course, pesticide free. Yeah. And they was like most florists are not going to be your source. But if you can find some people who grow them, you know, the right way or just without pesticides. But, but yeah, just they, walk around your yard. Yeah. And then uh, they, they had this little recipe, simple recipe for crystallized gardenia petals. A lot of people use them um, to top on uh, top of cakes and cupcakes yeah. and stuff like that. It's egg, it's uh, flower petals, egg wash, uh, small paintbrush, and some sugar. And you let you you coat them with the egg wash, put the sugar on top, let them dry for about two and a half hours, and then they get kind of crispy. Okay, well, it's, it sounds like crystallized toenails to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a real thing. I mean, I mean, hey, it's a, a sweet treat. But you also mentioned, that, and I didn't know this, that gardenias are in the coffee family. Yeah, just typing it in, gardenia is a genius of flowering plants in the coffee family, sure. um, native of tropical, subtropical regions, Africa, Asia, Madagascar, and, um, you know, all over Mississippi. Yeah, well, <laughs> one thing I would suggest, though, because gardenias and roses, rose petals are edible, too, this insect called thrips, you're not going to see them unless you actually go looking for them. You know, it's not like trouble, just waiting for you to find it. Uh, thrips are real small, so if you're going to do rose petals or uh, or gardenia petals, rinse them first. Yeah. Also, it says uh, you can strain these. It's so fascinating. You can strain these petals and uh, make like a honey. Uh, well, if you soak the petals in honey and strain them, it makes a sweet tea concentrate. So it's a lot going on with the gardenias. It sounds like you do the same thing again with toenails, though. You you soak toenails in. <laughs> well, who wants to do that? Well, I, I made I made a cake one time, and I put a sign on that said, "Find the toenail." <laughs> But, but you know, there wasn't a toenail there, but it kept it. But I kept the whole cake for myself. I, I thought it was a plan with that <laughs> with that action. You know, we've gone from uh, way up in North Mississippi. We've gone both sides of 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 the side going down the sides. Let's go all the way down to the coast of Long Beach. Hey, Leela, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm good. How good. are you? Fine. Enjoying good. this day. Well, we've got a little overcast. It's a little warm, but not nearly what it has been. Yeah, or 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 gonna be. So, what's up this morning? Well, zucchini is up, but it's not really doing well. Here's what happened: I had some wonderful plants producing well, and you can guess what I got: squash vine borers. You got it. So the first two that I found. I had not looked at the YouTube video that said just carefully get the worm out. Mm-hmm. And so I tore them up, not realizing. Oops. And then I looked it up. Well, that, so I've got some more out there. Here's my problem. They're in raised beds. And, you know, we've been so dry down here. The only time we did have rain, it came in two days, and it was six inches, and then yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And now we're going to get in a dry front t- tonight. Today is rain, but then it's going to... The humidity's going down, which is low, you know. But I'm having a real hard time 
keeping the water, keeping the moisture in those raised beds. Yeah. And I've got leaves thick on top and everything. And I know that I had emailed you a while back, and basically you said water thoroughly, but don't water frequently. Yeah. Well, if I don't, it's like they're completely hanging their tongues out you know? yeah yeah this is this is a real issue you know and keep in mind you're talking to a guy who's who's gone for weeks and sometimes months at a time and now ain't nobody gonna water my plants see so i've got to train them to have as deep root as possible and uh and, and i grow stuff in raised beds but also a big six foot diameter horse watering trough and uh you know made out of corrugated tin so uh i understand what you're saying here's the deal next time you work your dirt up see if you could add your soil, see if you can add some real dirt to it. See if you can find somebody that sells, and I don't mean, you know, whatever they're selling as topsoil, real dirt. You know, some places sell it, and if it's just dirt. What it, what that does, that firms up your soil. It stays moist longer than organic matter and sand and stuff. And so if you'll firm your, your, your soil up a little bit by adding some real dirt to it, that'll help somewhat. But And using the mulch helps a lot. But other than, um, you know, you might want to consider putting a soaker hose out there. You know, just coil coil it around under your mulch. And uh, you can even have it where it's on a timer and it comes on for 15 minutes three times a week, you know, to keep the soil. yeah, my next step. Okay, yeah, but, but but keep in mind, walk my flower bed. Yeah, keep in mind, soaker hoses and drip irrigation. They're not made to water plants. They're made to keep the soil moist. So you, you know, just don't turn it on and think it's going to water down deep. Uh, you know, if, if you'll use it frequently, you know, every right. week or two week, two, you know, maybe three times a week, that'll keep the the soil moist without you know drying out okay. that you know wet dry spell. Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate it because I've just gotten frustrated. And let me ask you this also. I did add more, and it's, you know, your typical buy at the store garden. It's called garden soil. And never never good enough. I've been doing this a long time. That stuff okay. is never right. What about the little white bags uh, that you get at the local big box that are just labeled? topsoil that's mostly screened bark you need dirt d-i-r-t dirt yeah. <laughs> is your is your raised bed is it sitting on top of just ground or sitting on top of something else well i have uh half a barrel you know size one with the zucchini in it yeah again what i'm sitting on top of concrete okay so okay i don't have to bend over yeah okay i'm just saying you know a lot mines are you know a lot of times you can dig down into the dirt beneath and bring it up and mix stuff with it but so you don't have a raised bed you got a big pot and big pots oh, no, got i have two two raised beds as well okay but again they're not to the ground well then then if they're sitting on top of the ground that's a pot i don't care what shape is a raised bed is partly sunk and partly raised you're digging down and and adding stuff to sort of it's partly sunk and partly raised you just got big old pots and the soaker hose are going to be your best bet okay should i go in the corner where i used to have a uh kind of a compost pile and dig and get that dirt if it's dirt it, you know, dirt is you know, what, what you, you know, you want dirt. 
not not yeah. organic matter, not compost, not manure, not right. tops. You want just plain old D-I-R-T right. dirt. And sometimes right. garden centers sell it by the bag. Okay. The reason I ask is because I'm afraid of the weeds that are going to come in with it. Well, you can have weeds anyway. That's what mulch is for. Okay. So I, I'm I'm just I'm trying to help. This is what I do. If there was no, an I, I if there was an easier yeah. way, I would do it. But once you yeah, add I, real dirt, part dirt, part other stuff, uh, it's like crackers and chili. You got a bowl full of crackers. You need to add some chili to it. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank okay. You. And, and and by the way, uh, using uh, bird netting, uh, insect netting over your that'll keep the insects out. You just have to hand pollinate your squash if you want to. Yeah, well, I haven't had too bad of a problem except for this. Yeah. Because yeah. these okay. little weird little bugs I had on there, I grab and just kill them. There you go. There you go. Well, good luck on it. And by the way, another word for D-I-R-T dirt is C-L-A-Y clay. For my front yard, really? Yeah. Okay. We got to scoot. Have fun digging that whatever you can find and mix it in. Now, Felder, you said hand-pollinate the squash. Is that what we did uh, yeah. last week? Yeah. You know, I, I get a lot of questions. You know, this Mississippi Gardening Facebook page, a lot of people, their little squash are shriveling up, falling off because they're not squash unless they get pollinated. They're just part of a female flower. Yeah. And if you don't have bees, you got to do it, you know, use the male like a little paintbrush. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Have you got some music queued up? I do. Is it cheerful music? I think it is. (laughs) You sent it. That's right. We got calls from Fulton, from Oxford, from Polk. Polk. We're going to take a real quick break, come back in a couple of minutes or so. So if y'all would uh, bear with us, we're going to get some more coffee. We're going to play with my Mohai t-shirt that uh, Sarah from Eggville made for me. And we're going to be talking about gardening right here on Mississippi public broadcast. We'll be right back. Some things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing hey. Always look on the bright side of life Come on Always look on the bright side of life For life is quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bag about your scene, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance, and yeah. Stand always look on the right side of life. All right, 
folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We're going to go up to a place where I finally made it after all these years, to Fulton, Mississippi. Becky, how are you this morning? Thanks for holding. Thank you. Um, doing fine. How are you doing, Mr. Felder? So far, so good. Well, good. I just got, I called to find out um, how how I could go about uh, purchasing one of those pass-along plant um, books that you signed the other day. I didn't get to get one, and I wanted to get one. I don't know, you know, I need to send, you know, how I need to go about that. Oh, you, you know, you could, go, you could just go to Amazon. You know, if the okay. local bookstore doesn't have it, you know, just go online. You can you can probably get it online cheaper than I can buy them. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I just wanted to get it signed, and I didn't yeah. know, you know. But anyway. Well, yeah, shoot, shoot me an email. We'll see if we can work something out. Okay. Yeah, go, go, okay. go, go, and go to felderrushing.blog. Dot blog, not dot net, not dot com, but dot blog, and it's got a big old button that says email me. Okay, I will. Um, but I wanted to tell you, we uh, we really enjoyed it uh, the other day. Thank you so much for coming. And I figured, you know, we- I figured y'all not going to invite me back, so we blew it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate it. I, I did have a lot of fun, really, and I enjoyed riding around Fulton too. That was fun. Thank you so much. All righty. Well, thank you. You, you, you. Shoot me an email. Okay. I, I, I do have one more question, if that's okay. Sure. Um, okay. I, I just wondered about, since I live in an apartment, I was wondering about, you know, you showed pictures of, of um, that guy in Jackson that does... Um, the gorilla gardening. That gardening, yeah, that gorilla gardening. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering, you know, oh, goodness, you know, should I do pot gardening? I mean, because... Because, I mean, I, I, Becky, I grow a lot of stuff in pots, you know, and, you know, I don't plant much stuff for the summer because I'm gone a lot, you know, and, and nobody's going to water. But I grow lots of stuff, five-gallon buckets, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, the bigger the pot, the less often you got to water it. And you can plant two or three things in one big pot. A lot easier you can have a bunch of little pots could be watered and that blow over and all that kind of stuff. But it's easy to grow uh, culinary herbs. You know, I showed a picture of my pickup truck with all that stuff growing in the back. That's just a big pot stuck up against the cab of my truck. Okay. So. I, I, I just wondered about, you know, I don't know whether or not I could do gardenias and that sort of stuff. But Well, yeah. you could, but you can just walk around town and smell gardenias. Grow something you can't get from your neighbors. You know, put you some basil and rosemary and oregano and and a pepper plant and maybe uh, some zinnias. And and, uh, then just when you get a hankering for gardenia, just walk around the corner. They're everywhere. Okay. Yeah, this it's called a bar. That's part of guerrilla gardening. Guerrilla gardening means not on your property. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you. You bet, Becky. (laughs) Thanks for calling. Okay, now let's slide down to Oxford. Mary, good morning. What's going on in, in, in your neck of the woods? Well, I'm concerned, very concerned, because my goblet tree leaves are all crinkling up. So I'm afraid it's got the blight. So what do I do? And what, what kind of tree is it that's all curling up? Dogwood. Dogwood tree. You know, dog dogwoods... You know, they're native plants, and you see them everywhere, but you only see the ones that are blooming. I see the ones that didn't make it. Dogwoods are really popular, but they're fickle. They're, re- they're hard to pull off. And, it, you know, if it's a, is this a fairly new tree or is it an old tree? No, 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 no. These are very old trees. Well, there, there are some blights, but also just plain bad weather. You know, dogwoods have got a, 
kind of a weird root system. They don't have a, a strong root like an oak or something. And a root will grow this way, and some will grow that way, and some won't grow in any direction. And if it stays really dry for a long time, those roots get damaged. And if it stays really wet a long time, those roots get damaged. So back and forth and back and forth. And over the time, dogwoods just build up root damage from just bad weather. Uh, you know, even in the woods, they die. So unfortunately, other than watering during dry spells, there's not much we can do. Uh, cutting out some of the, the limbs takes some of the stress off, takes some of the workload off. So if you'll go out and the, the limbs that aren't looking great, go ahead and cut those out. You'll end up with a funny-looking tree, but they're funny-looking anyway. They're big bone size. So if you can thin out some of the, the weaker stuff, then that'll the energy that would have gone to those will go to what's left. That helps. But there's not any cure for any kind of blights or anything. Oh, darn. You know, this is, you know, and, uh, you know, that song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. You can always hang Mardi Gras beads on, the, you know, on the limbs. Whatever it takes, you know, because it, it not much, if you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, just flow with it. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. okay. Good luck on it. It might not be what they wanted. My dog was dying. Well, put some article bees on. Don't worry about it. You didn't give you know? Mary much. Yeah, much no, to go on. But, but I don't think I'm, it was, I'm real bottom yeah. line. Mm-hmm. I'm real bottom line. You know, it's, it's just like I have hair girl on my ears. Well, I pluck them the best I can, but after a while, you just go with it. You know, put an earring on and nobody'll notice. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Hey, let's go. Let's go to. Is this Polk? Ben's calling. Is Pope. it Pope? Okay, where? Yeah. Where is that? I think I've been there, but I can't remember. Uh, it's five miles uh, south of Baseball. Oh, yeah. Oh, Highway 51. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been through there. What's up? Well, what I, I'm, uh, is it feasible to make cuttings off of a gardenia bush, root them, and start Man, uh, bushes from them? Not only is it feasible, it's one of the easiest plants there is to root. I'm rooting some right now. And uh, here, here's what you do, Ben. You go out and find a uh, gardenia that's blooming, and you you know, and it blooms on this year. What grew this year? That's the part that'll root, not the old woody stems. Cut a cut a, a twig off this four or five inches long. Pluck the flower and any buds off, and strip off all but two or three of the leaves. Stick it in some water. It'll have roots in three weeks. Oh, great! I'm fixing to do that then. Yeah, I just uh, well, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Before I tried it, because everything I try to do like that works out. Don't work out. <laughs> well, try try this, you know, and uh, again, four, five, six-inch long cuttings, all but two or three of the leaves, pluck off any flowers, stick them in some water. And I tell you, the, the real trick to it is root it in a Coca-Cola bottle. There's something magic about Coca-Cola bottles. Okay, now, as soon as they get roots, then can I go ahead and put it in the ground? You can put it in the ground. if You you know, while it's rooting, it's going to take about three weeks to root. That'll give you time to dig a nice hole. Don't try to do it all at once. It's too hot. Okay. But now, how many how many little pieces should I uh, do to make a bush? Five or six? Oh, just one. One uh, one, one will make a, 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 a bush. Yeah, heck okay. yeah. If you notice one, you cut it off, follow it all the way down. Ain't but one trunk coming up out of the ground. That was one plant that somebody else rooted. Yeah. Okay, I got a great old big bush. It's two. Somebody put two or three of them in the ground. Well, they do yes, that to make it. So they they make it good. You know that's uh you know that's what we call. Let me see. I'm trying to uh um uh. 
I can't think of a cosmetic surgery. They're making something bigger okay. than it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Felder. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. I was going to say, what, stacking the deck? Stacking the deck. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you helping me out on that. <laughs> you know, it's hot and humid, but apparently it's going to be kind of low humidity the next few days. So the dirt's good. This is a good time to go out, not today because the ground's still wet, but a day or two after a good rain, dirt turns over like like chocolate cake. Good time to dig. Garden centers are loaded with plants, lots of stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of people plant their vegetables early and they start petering out about now. Well, this is a good time to replant because we got lots of summer ahead of us. And if you really want to have some fun, you can go rent a tiller. <laughs> oh, yeah, rent a tiller. It will wear you out, but rent one. It's so much easier than owning one when you got to take care of it and you you know, keep oil in it and find a place to keep it and all like that. Just rent one and wear it out and take it back. Yeah, we did that a couple of years back. Had did some fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I've got this thing for so is this for Ann from I can't read that, Java? Tennessee. Tennessee. Ann, what's going on? What part of Tennessee? Um, southwest. Okay, that sounds like Memphis to me. Well, it's equidistant between Memphis and Nashville and Savannah, Tennessee. Okay. You're north of Jackson then. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, what's up? I, I know we're east of them. Oh, just um, I have a very uh, healthy um, Fotinia bush. Right. And it's about 12 feet or so. And I thought, well, I'm not going to prune it this winter or early spring. And it's going fine, except um, all these top branches are kind of like getting so tall and gangly that they're kind of leaning forward towards the street away from the house. Yeah. And I know I'm worried about pruning it. I think it might be okay, but I'm worried about pruning it because they, they said then that you can open it up for that disease it gets. Okay. So well, for, first of all, that disease is going to be there anyway. It's, it's a, it's a, it calls, it's called endomosporium. It makes little bird's eye spots on the leaves. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's pruned or not. You know, matter of fact, opening it up makes it better because a real thick plant, when people plant them close together, that causes, uh-huh. that lowers the air circulation and you end up with more disease. So pruning actually oh. helps on that. But now here's, here's okay. the, you know, give us some confidence and keep in mind, I've done this countless times. I'm not just saying you could do the, here's what I've done. You could cut them to knee high and it's going to sprout back out. So if you want to cut it above there, it's okay. I'm just saying it does not hurt a a fotinia uh, or a gardenia or, you know, how you know how people prune roses down to a foot or foot and a half tall every winter and they come back out. Same thing with these. They just happen to be evergreen. Okay, that sounds wonderful. Um, So just one last follow up question, if you don't mind, on another topic. Crepe myrtle. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful crepe myrtle, and um, I read about how to propagate them. And they said just take, you know, they, they explained about cutting some of the ends of the good branches or the suckers that come up and put them in sand and water. Is that what? Every, every, four to it, eight weeks? every crepe myrtle you see on earth was grown from a cutting six to inches to a foot long. Every single one. Okay. I, I would go with pencil size cutting, not that little skinny stuff on the ends of the branches, and not the big thick woody stuff, but stuff that's uh, about this about the size and diameter of a of a pencil. If you're old enough to remember what a pencil is, 
Yeah, number two pencil. That's, that's right. Favorite. That's right. Just remember which end is the eraser end when you stick it in the dirt. And But do you agree with what they said about, I just looked online real quick, about putting in and just sand and a little water and doing each one individually you, for you, four to eight weeks? You, you can go to, to 15 websites. They're all going to have their own recipe. Basically, you want to keep it moist in some kind of soil that stays moist but not wet and doesn't dry out too fast. A pretty good potting soil. Mix some sand with it. That'll work. That works fine. All right. Okay. That's now I, I'm excited. I want to give you another quick tip about your photinia, though. Wherever you make a cut, the new growth is going to come out right there. So if you cut it straight across, it's going to put out growth straight across like a witch's broom. So cut the the, the branches at different heights. What it, you know, sort of a cone shape if you want to. A taller stuff in the middle, a short around the edge, and cut it below where you want it to grow back up to. Because every cut, that's where the new growth comes out. And then mm-hmm. when the new growth does come out, before it gets more than a foot or two long, cut the ends of it off. So instead of shooting up tall and skinny, each one of those new branches will bush out. So cut it lower than you uh-huh. want, and then tip prune the new growth when it comes out. Yeah, when it gets to be about a foot or so. Oh, just just a- after it comes out. Don't worry about how long. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you you are just a, a wellspring of knowledge. Well, this this is stuff. This stuff, you know. My grandmother showed me how to do this. You know, I I I pruned shrubs as a kid with a lawnmower, and they sprouted back out. Luckily, so that's how I know you can cut things way back. So, oh anyway. my gosh, but. Yeah. Have fun. Um, I will tell you just real quick, the crepe myrtle, um, it, it was in a bed of irises when we moved here, but the previous owner had every spring, he just mowed every mowed over everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a it rescued itself when it stopped getting mowed over and we didn't even know it was there and it's just like huge and gorgeous now. Told ya. That's right. Okay, well, uh, God bless you all. Thank you so much, you and Java. Thanks, Ann. Appreciate it. Thanks, Java. Yeah, thank you, Ann, for calling. We love our callers. Yeah, we've got time for another couple of three calls. If you want to give us a call, the lines are wide open, toll-free, 1-877. Don't we? Yeah, we got a few minutes. We got a few minutes. I was debating on should we take this break or not. Yeah, well, let's, let's take a break. We've got some lines over. Somebody squeeze another call before we get back out in the Mississippi heat and humidity. We're going to take a quick break and come back. Uh, you know, between uh, Java and Kevin Farrell and all the other folks here at MPB, we really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you do have questions or, or you want uh, uh, somebody to, to, to console you if you're having problems, Go to Mississippi Gardening Facebook. If you're not a Facebook person, that's okay. But if you are, there's some kooky people on that site, and but they're all gardeners. <laughs> and they share, so here's how I do it. Well, here's how I do it. Well, you know, and there's scientists on there, you know, who say, here's how it's supposed to be done. Anyway, it's a nice community, Mississippi Gardening on Facebook. Otherwise, go to felderrushing.blog and hit that email me button. We're going to be right back with the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB right after this. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, an associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 
or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back, Horticulture Center. What, Java? You're about to say something. Yeah, I was about to say, I have a picture here of you with Sarah from Eggville. Really? Yeah, I'm a, I'll show you I'll show you this picture. Um I, I don't have time to Java, print this it out. is creepy. You young people can find weird stuff. No, because you you guys are at the library, right? The yeah. Fulton Library. Yeah. yeah, I see you. Yeah, and she and she you have your shirt and the moha. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Okay, was I was I holding my stomach in? Uh you were holding your thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> way to put it. By the way, uh, the heirloom plant uh, I brought. I've been digging garlic this past week. I mean, my, you know, drying the garlic flowers, digging the garlic, spreading it out to dry. It smells funky in my little cabin. But uh, also, the Altheas have started blooming. There's one at the Agriculture Museum. They got a little doctor's herb garden. If you haven't been to the Ag Museum, cool place, great place to take kids. And they, they got a little small town. And the Pickle Fest is, I believe, next weekend. So I, it's a great time to I go to the to Ag Museum. I went to it last year. Yeah. I went to it. I got some pickle. It, it was it was wild. Yeah, the Pickle Fest. So it's a good time to go next yeah. weekend. Well, if you go there, small town, they got the doctor's office, and behind it is a herb garden that Master Gardener's taking care of. And it's being redone. Uh, uh, a whole, they got a culinary garden there that's got all sorts of stuff that you can grow that look pretty, and you can cook with it. You know, edible flowers, culinary herbs, got a few spices. Spices are basically seeds and and, uh, and bark and roots and stuff. You know, and herbs are usually leaves. But uh, anyway, they've got a big althea, a rose of Sharon, that's a sort of a, a medium pink with splashes of deep pink in it. That came from a guy named Jim Wilson, who used to be the southern host for the Victory Garden. And he gave me this cutting, a cutting for this uh, from his home in South Carolina. And it's coming in full bloom. Altheas or Rose of Sharon, one of the coolest, most dependable, summer-blooming, grows in a cemetery, dead people can grow it, don't have to do anything to it, shrubs you can have. They're terrific. And the Vitex around town with the spikes of blue flowers, they are electric. We're having trouble with crepe myrtles, but between Vitex and Althea you can, and gardenias, you can have some good summer color. And it's always good those connections with the flowers because you see a flower growing, but it, you never know where it come from. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I broke this branch off. I might just take it home and root it. There you go. So anyway, we've we've been yakking about gardening this morning, every Friday live rebroadcast on Saturdays, along with many many other programs here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting Monday through Friday and sometimes on Saturdays. So if you uh, tune in to a podcast, download it, listen to it later, and um, if anything I can help you with, shoot us an email. Go to felderrushing.blog. Meanwhile, the farmers markets have been going to farmers markets. They are rocking and rolling. Garden Center's got lots of plants. There's all sorts of stuff we can do to have a to enhance what we do at home. Uh, so go to Garden Center. Go to a farmer's market. Talk to the people who grow those plants. Take a kid with you because it's really, really important for us to show them how to do what we do best. I'm going to mention that in just a second. But we got like another minute. Uh, we got six seconds. Six seconds. Well, that's just enough time to tell everybody to go out, exhort yourself to go get dirty.